0: Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harwich here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. We hope you all had a great, long Memorial Day weekend out there for those of us here in the U.S. Uh, it was a great three-day weekend uh, to be thankful for the many blessings that we have in this country and those who pay the ultimate price uh, to give us many of those blessings, so Thank you out there uh, to all of our service members and especially those who have fallen uh, in the line of duty. Now looking you know, to our markets on the day, the market didn't look as well rested as uh, some of us may have this week. We finished a strong week last week, but then we finished lower across the board uh, to start off the week this week, but we did finish off the lows of the day. What well, we saw last week's Action is very important. So let's take a quick look at the recap from last week because we broke a long, long losing streak in all of our major indexes. The Dow Jones breaking the longest one. It had a big up week up over 6%, 6 6.2% to be exact snapping. It's eight week decline. That's a serious decline folks. The longest losing streak in the Dow since 1932. Uh, pretty incredible. And then we saw similar action from the S and P and the Nasdaq, which each climbed over six and a half percent on the week. Both of those ending seven-week slides there. And check this out. This is why I came back to this point here today. Uh, really interesting work according to Ryan Dietrich. Uh, it was a great follow, you know, on Twitter and elsewhere uh, to shares some great analytics of uh, market timing. So take a look at this there have been 23 times where we've seen a week's worth of gains where the market was up 6% or more in those 23 times, 19 out of 23, the market has been higher over the next 12 months with an average gain of nearly 22%. Those are some serious gains, average gains as well. So many times it's been over that. Uh, so, and that's what we see, what we have to look forward to here. We've gone through a lot of statistics like that over the past few weeks of when we've seen sell-offs like this and what happens to our markets you know, six, 12, 18 months later, seeing similar action from our sentiment indicators. Uh, we've taken you through the AII. Uh, survey of when it gets below 20% bulls, you know, over the next 12 months. Very similar looking gains uh, to that analytic right there as well. So seeing a lot of reasons here uh, to be greedy when other others are fearful right now. We've certainly seen the fear in plenty of our sentiment indicators. Um, <clears throat> but to what we've seen in our market, because last week was just one week, right? One week out of eight uh, finishing up is not exactly what you want to see. And we've talked about this for some time under the surface of this market. We've had a bear market for roughly the last year, right? We've had 50% of stocks getting into bear market territory, more so when you're talking about tech. So it really just our major indexes caught up that the names were in a bear market. We've had so many of our mega cap na- tech names, that have been able to hold the market up, but now dipping into bear market territory makes it the third bear market in just the last four years, right, going back to 2018. Uh, Now, it wasn't officially a bear market, people would call it in 2018, but we dipped so close to that 20% mark, we don't really look at those arbitrary levels here, we more look at the action overall. So some people might not call this a bear market, but we will, especially, For this scenario. So take a look at what happened in the previous two bear markets that we've seen. In 2018, the average stock was also down over 50% plus. Here's how the broad markets looked one year later. The S&P up 40%. NASDAQ up 44%. Russell 2000 up 34%. And the final one, the semis up a massive 79% one year later. So if you use these as buying opportunities, you'll be thinking yourself years later. Um, and we see this as a very similar scenario here. So here's another one for you, the 2020 bear market, which took place during coronavirus insanity. Here's how the broad markets looked one year later as well. Now you could also argue, of course, that there was a lot of financial engineering in that time, but the financial engineering still exists today. So one year later, the S and P was up, 77%. One year later the Nasdaq was up a full 100% and the semis up 131%. So incredible moves higher follow from these bear markets. Uh this is wh- what we see and what we're how we're playing it for what we've seen in this 2022 bear market. So the bottom line here is that this is what bear markets look like we've seen a What could possibly be a bear market rally last week, the fast and furious moves higher, and then they just end. But again, with stocks have fallen this far, it's typically a fantastic buying opportunity, even if you don't catch the exact bottom. And as we see it here, we're getting at least close to a bottom. The U.S. economy, while it is slowing, remain strong. We also have the midterms five months away. Remember the stock market is a discounting mechanism. So we could see the market start to price in a red wave here uh, that'll greatly limit the damage that the dims can do uh, going forward from here. We also see heavy fund flows led by share buybacks. Once again, we've seen that it's been a major story of those last of the last few years. And they aren't slowing down here. We've got fresh fund flows coming in now for June as well for pension plans, uh, retirement plans. Those fund flows have already started coming in and will really continue into tomorrow. We also continue to look for strong corporate earnings. And while we've seen some of the forward guidance being lowered in this last round of earnings that serves for what, what really one purpose so they can beat estimates going forward from here. That's how we see it. And then, our favorite one was one that I mentioned earlier, what we've seen from the sentiment surveys, just absolute extreme fear mode. Uh, the fear and greed two weeks ago hit just a six. Folks, that's typically in the range where we've seen a bottom. Yes, we got down to roughly a two in, tr- in the in the bear market bottom of 2018 and roughly a two as well during 2020, uh, but these aren't the same scenarios, so a six seems very likely close to the bottom here. But overall, longer term looking, you know, 12 months out, we see the odds strongly favoring the bulls going forward and by a wide margin. That's how we see it. That's how we're gonna continue playing it here. But this will be an important week for stock market action. And there's another reason that this is an important week. This is the week the Federal Reserve will finally begin unloading some of his $9 trillion balance sheet. It will begin letting bonds mature without replacement starting tomorrow. So this certainly has, you know, some that watch bonds closely a little bit worried. There's already concerns about liquidity in that system. The the Fed's repo facility has already been doing record numbers and they haven't even started this week, started to run off their balance sheet yet. So certainly going to be interesting. We just see how the market handles this, especially that I just found this out today, pretty remarkable going into this round of quantitative tightening. Now, this is what has so many people concerned. The federal reserve now owns 25% of the entire 22 and a half trillion dollar us bond market, 25% making it the biggest by far not even close and when you look at bonds that have a 10 to 30 year maturity the fed owns 38% of that market so the concern here is an obvious one can the market pick up the additional supply here that the fed is going going to be leaving on the table a lot of people are concerned that if not then we'll see some upward price action in bond yields, which that could continue to hurt the market. You've heard that theme how many times over the last couple of years, uh, bond yields are on the rise, going to hit growth stocks, gonna hit tech stocks. So that theme is an obvious concern of people. Um, and then of course, again, the liquidity theme uh, t- tying right into that as well in higher bond yields. But remember, it's not the news that matters. It's the market's reaction to the news. So that's what we will be watching closely this week. The 10 year was up to, uh was up 3.68%. Now at a 2.84. Uh, let me get a quick look at this. I mean, we're still well below the peak from May 9th. So that's the kind of the target um, that we'll look for there uh, for it to fall below if we wanna see rates keep, continue heading lower. All right. So that said, let's take a look at our market action on the day to day. We did finish lower across the board. We finished well off the lows of this morning. We briefly got positive uh, for three out of our four major indexes around midday today, but they weren't able to hold on to those gains. Excuse me. Uh. <clears throat> we were led by the, uh, the NASDAQ today, if you want to call it a leader, down four tenths of 1%. To twelve thousand and eighty-one. Next up was the S&P 500, uh, down just over six tenths of one percent to four thousand one hundred and thirty-two. Next up, the Dow, uh, down 067 percent to thirty-two thousand nine hundred and ninety. But again, all of these finishing off the lows from earlier in the morning. And lastly, the Russell 2000, down one point two six percent to one thousand eight hundred and sixty-four for the Russell 2000. Look at our internals on the day today, I mean, not the numbers you want to see. You you would love to see better numbers, obviously, but really not terrible uh, for finishing lower across the board today. Declining stocks beating out advancing stocks, just under two to one negative for the NYSE. A little bit better for the Nasdaq. New fifty-two week highs and lows actually came in positive for a cumulative number here uh, for the first time in a while. You might have heard me mention last week the NYSE had a positive reading for the first time in a while. Um, and we we were positive for the NYC today. We were negative for the NASDAQ, but cumulatively we had roughly 168 stocks hitting, or let's see, 169 uh, stocks hitting 52 week highs to 149 hitting 52 week lows. So we'll take that as a win today, absolutely. Lastly here, volume. Did continue to get worse after the close as this settled, um, but we did finish over two to one negative for the NYSE and just under two to one negative for the NASDAQ. But remember, going back to last week, we had three straight days of better than 80% up volume for the NYSE. That's happened only three times since 2010, each one has been a buying opportunity. Another great follow out there. Walter Deemer follows this very closely. Uh, So good to see there as well. We're seeing a lot of reasons to be bullish uh, over the next 12 months here. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with just two out of our 11 sectors higher on the day. This was better earlier in the session as well. Those two were consumer discretionary and then communication services. And then our laggards energy actually was leading this morning, looking like it was just going to continue this relentless outperformance that we've seen from the energy names from oil and gas xle the energy ETF uh, energy producers ETF actually hit an all-time high this morning it was leading all of our sectors higher but uh energy stocks and the price of oil took a drastic turn at about midday today after a report came out that Russia might be ex- excluded from participation in the next OPEC plus deal. Now, you know, a lot of factors here still really early on in this um you know, story breaking, seeing a lot of uh, European Union ban on Russian oil, you would think that less supply for the market would send prices higher, uh naturally, right? Um but there's a lot of reports out there as well of how they plan to make up for the missing oil. A lot of speculation that the Gulf oil and gas producers are going to increase their output. Starting to hear from our contacts here in the U S as well, that well, the rig counts are steadily rising. They're hiring right now. Uh, So we'll see, you know, so early on in that story breaking, but as far as, As long as we continue to see the Biden administration's war on the oil and gas sector, then prices will continue to the upside. Remember they want to push this green new deal so hard. And they really only have one option to get oil and gas prices higher, to make solar wind and other alternative energy sources, viable options. Because when oil's at 50, 60, $70 a barrel, why would you ever use solar? Why would you ever use wind? It can't compete. So they need oil and gas prices to be higher. And unfortunately, that's what their war on oil and gas is giving them here. But energy as a sector down 1.6% on the day. Then our other lagging sectors were materials, utilities, and healthcare. Um, Finally for today here, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, now down roughly 1% to $1,839. Now it's getting right back to his 200-day moving average there. We want to see it finish above those levels today. Silver down a bigger 2% to $21.52 an ounce. Copper down as well uh, about 1.2% to $4.28 a pound. And oil as I mentioned earlier, was higher this morning, got as high as $119 a barrel, now down on the day by 1.8% to $115 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin got a rally over the weekend and up again today, now up 3.42% to 31,687 a Bitcoin. Folks, That is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.